Good morning and welcome to Morning Meditations, a five to ten minute meditation to get you thinking about what God might have for you in this new day. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Cook, so we hope you'll enjoy your meditation for this morning. Hey, good morning. This is your morning meditation for this morning. And today we're going to be in Revelation chapter 3. So I give a little bit of background about a lot of books. Um, sometimes when I talk to people about the way I read Revelation, it's it's honestly a little disappointing. Uh, many people want to kind of sensationalize Revelation, want to see it as a book where it's predicting a lot of future events that just happen to all revolve around us. And I, I think that's a little bit of a uh, an interesting thing that we think that this was written about us. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit narcissistic to believe that everything does revolve around us. I honestly believe most of the book of Revelation has already happened. And it's uh, John who is on this island and he's been exiled. Obviously, there's still more to come in the end. But, but this is about Rome and... Uh, and, and a lot of the things that were going on in John's day. So these churches uh, that we'll read, the one in Laodicea today, this, this is kind of, these are messages to churches. And it, it's also kind of this picture of the, the, the cosmic battle between good and evil and how empires tend to dominate. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, pictures of dragons and things like this you'll see. It's apocalyptic language, so it gives us a little bit of, um, sometimes it's a little difficult for us to catch. So for many people, when I tell them that, I think uh, much of Revelation has been written to the people of John's day and not necessarily to us. It really disappoints them because it really messes up a lot of books like Left Behind and things like that. But if you do a lot of reading um, and really dig into it, it, you, you begin to realize that apocalyptic language, um, it's, it's difficult for us to understand. It was, a, it was a form that the Jews would have understood uh, from the Old Testament and some books like Daniel, um, even some of the passages in Ezekiel uh, that I studied this semester. But there is a lot of great truth, and there is a picture of Jesus reigning as King of Kings and Lord of Lords in Revelation and uh, we certainly believe that to be the case here and now in our day as well. But let's look at the message to the church at Laodicea today. Chapter 3 of Revelation, verse 14 through the end of the chapter, verse 22. And the angel, and to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. You realize that you are wretched, pitiful, pitiable, sorry, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white robes to clothe you and keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. 
I reprove and discipline those whom I love. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into into you and eat with you and you with me. To the one who conquers, I will give a place with me on my throne, just as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So, wow, there's a lot there. I'll be honest, when I've read this passage growing up and throughout my even young adult life, uh, much of what I've focused on is that you're neither hot nor cold. And I think that's kind of the usual thing in this passage. And it is part of what is being said to the church here. There's a sense in which it's really easy to become complacent um, and to to not really, you know, be passionate about serving God or or to hate God. And I, I think that's kind of where uh, Israel fell. You know, Israel never really stopped worshiping Yahweh. They just worshiped other gods with Yahweh. So it wasn't that they 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 walked away from Yahweh and said, we will not serve Yahweh at all. It was just that they 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 wanted to be like the people around them. They kind of got comfortable in in the uh, system that was around them, and they began to worship the Baals as well. And so that's kind of this picture of lukewarmness. And and here the angel is saying to the church, I wish you'd just make up your mind and decide if you're really going to serve the Lord or if you're not. Um, and then I think the next part of this passage is one I haven't focused on as much, um, but I think it kind of feeds into that kind of complacency. And that's this idea of you, you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing. And uh, the angel says to the church, you are wretched, you're pitiable, you are poor, you're blind, and you're naked. So um, I've been listening to this. Uh, it's kind of an audiobook, but not really. It's some lectures of a former kind of saint of the church, Thomas Merton, um, who gave these lectures uh, years ago. And Thomas Merton, um, it's like listening in on his classroom with other monks that he's teaching. And, and one of the things that he's, I've been listening to, it's, it's the 12, I think it's the 12, 12 levels of humility. And so this, this whole idea of many people in the United States and in America believe that somehow we've kind of earned the stuff we've got. And we think that we somehow accumulated these things. Uh, and it's interesting because this passage actually starts out with, um, to the angel, write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of God's creation. So even there, there's a reminder, hey, all this stuff you have, all this created stuff, it's been created by God. Um, so I'm the one who created this stuff. And um, you think you have some ownership and you think we have ease and we have all these things. It was the warning that was given to Israel when they when they were given the promised land. It was like when you when you get into this land that's flowing with milk and honey and you're living in houses you didn't build and you're you're um, drinking from wells you didn't dig and you're eating fruit that you didn't plant in these vineyards. Uh, Do not forget the Lord. 
because all this stuff has been given to you by God. And so humility, I think, begins with this understanding that we are poor. We are naked in a sense. We, we, we don't have anything uh, apart from God. That Everything we have is a gift. All of it's a gift. The fact that I'm able to be on Facebook Live this morning, I'm breathing, I'm alive, and I'm here, and I'm getting ready for this big wedding in our family. All this stuff is a gift, and none of it has been earned by me or by you. Um, in America, we are very much like uh, like those in Israel and like the church at Laodicea, obviously, where we, we kind of think, well, I've got ease, I've got comfort, I kind of worked for all this stuff, so let me retire and just enjoy it kind of thing, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with retiring, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but there's this idea that I don't really need anything, and sometimes we even kind of put God off on that list. We don't really need God, we, we can do it ourselves in some ways. And, uh, and the angel says, no, you are a person to be pitied, you're poor, you're naked. And in fact, until we realize that we are naked and poor without the grace of God, uh, we can never really receive the grace of God. And so um, the counsel then is, is to turn towards God, and God will give them um, gold refined by fire. So God will refine us. God will place these white robes, symbolizing the cleanness and the removal of guilt and shame, and cover your nakedness. Um, And God will be the one who covers you. And God will even discipline us. And we don't like that word either. But actually, God's discipline is for our good. It says, um, I reprove and discipline those whom I love. And so I think the posture that we're asked to take and that the church at Laodicea was asked to take is the posture that we really have nothing and that we will submit ourselves to a God who may even at times discipline us so that he can purify us so that we will be his holy people. We've been talking about that on Sunday mornings. Um, and, and then comes the famous passage, the other passage that's always pulled out of this section, and that is this, I stand at the door and knock, which we usually use as a witnessing tool, that Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and knocking. Well, these are church people. These are the, this is the church at Laodicea. These are Christian people. And I, I think the message is clear that if you will realize your own poverty, if you will Uh, begin that road of humility, which is really not, you know, like, oh, I'm nothing, everybody else is everything. It's more like I realize that my only worth comes from God. Uh, It's blessed are the poor in spirit. When you finally realize you are impoverished, that you have nothing without God, then you're blessed. It's that kind of idea. When we finally open up to that idea, we find that Christ is right there at the door of our hearts, wanting to come in and have fellowship with us, wanting to dine with us and, and us to dine with him, and also giving us a place um, in his royal kingdom, he says. So today, I think it all begins with a realization that this day for you is a complete gift Take it with thankfulness. Remember the God who created you. Allow him to even instruct you and discipline you and maybe make you think differently. Yes, he will make you think differently about some things you're thinking about. 
and you will find that Christ will come and dine with you, that Christ will fellowship with you, and uh, that you will be part of that kingdom of the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords as you go about your day today. Hey, that's just a thought. I hope you have a great day. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation. Hey, do us a favor. Rate us on iTunes or even leave some feedback about our podcast so that other listeners can know how much you enjoy your morning meditations. Hey, have a great day.